Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hi, I'm Blair Bathory, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Whether this is your first time or you are one of the brave souls who join us every week, welcome. The holidays are officially over and we're all getting back to our old routines. But still with us from the holidays are all of the gifts and toys we may have received. Some of our presents turn into our most prized possessions. Others get buried under clutter in our closets but many objects can take on a life of their own. And if that trinket or toy doesn't like the way it's being treated, it will find a way to take revenge and get back at you. The toys will take over and it won't be pretty. First, it's watching you, followed by a lucky talisman. Then, the sweet sound of death. Finally, in our featured story, The Girl Who Won't Die. So, wanna hear something scary? The Brutal Takeover. Sometimes, the things that give us the most comfort are another person's nightmare. Like in this story, inspired by Babina. When we were growing up, my sister, Melissa, had a big brown bear that she absolutely adored. My parents had gotten it for her the day she was born, and they had been inseparable ever since. The bear was in all her baby pictures. In fact, I could not find a picture of Melissa that did not include her companion. However, the bear always unsettled me. Maybe it was because of how lifelike it looked. It stood about four feet tall, colored a dark brown with very human-like brown eyes. Its mouth stuck in a small smile and it wore a little red bow tie below its neck. Because my sister and I shared a bedroom, 
and since she refused to be separated from it, we would have to sleep with the bear in the corner. Each night, I always felt those beady eyes on me before I closed my own and went to sleep, watching, and not like it was guarding us. This always felt menacing. Although I had always felt a little unsettled about the bear, I never told any of my family members about it for the fear that they would paint me as being overdramatic. Also, the bear hadn't done anything out of the ordinary so far, hence I completely ignored its unnerving presence. It wasn't until the bear began to move that I became concerned. Every night, when my sister finished playing, she would place it in the corner of the room as she always did. But when we woke up in the morning, the bear was gone. We would either find it beside her bed, in the hallway, or outside my parents' room. One time, we had even found it in the sitting room on the couch with the TV on. My parents were very upset about this and blamed it on my sister, thinking she was playing tricks on them. It isn't me, she would always yell back, close to tears. But my parents didn't believe her. They warned her that if she did not stop her pranks, they would take the bear away from her and donate it to charity. That day, my sister cried in her room for hours, clutching the bear tightly. I don't want them to take you away, she screamed. I want to be with you forever. She fell asleep, clutching the bear very tightly. In the middle of the night, I had woken up when I saw the bear was no longer on her bed. Unsettled, I rushed into the bathroom across the hall and shut the door. It was then I heard it. It sounded as if something was being dragged up the stairs at a very slow pace. Frozen in fear, I pressed my ear against the door and listened closely. I held back a scream, my mind immediately going to the stuffed bear. Slowly, I creaked the door open to peek, and there it was, climbing up the stairs on two legs. Its body was moving stiffly, almost as if it was learning to walk. This time I screamed, pulling the door completely open and its beady human eyes turned towards me. Its smiling mouth turned to scowl as it realized it had been caught. It tried to move towards me, but I scrambled back and locked the door, crying out for my parents. Its body slammed against the door, rattling as it tried to open it. I screamed and cried, quivering in the corner of the bathroom, but suddenly there was silence. Angela? I heard my mother's voice call from the other side of the door. What's the problem, honey? The bear! I wailed in a shaky voice. It was walking, moving. Don't be ridiculous, honey, came her comforting voice. It's just your sister trying to scare you. Open the door. Shakily, I opened the door to reveal the comforting face of my mother. The bear was nowhere to be seen. She picked me up and patted my head. Maybe 
it had all been my imagination. Your sister was probably playing tricks again, my mother whispered as she clutched my head. However, her hand felt very paw-like. I felt myself freeze. The bear isn't alive, came a distorted voice. I looked up to find my mother's face had transformed into that of the bear. I screamed, trying to pull away, but it refused to let me go. The noise finally alerted my parents who barged out of their room in panic. And just like that, the bear dropped to the floor, lifeless once again. I ran into my parents' arms and told them everything that had happened. And surprisingly, they believed me. They admitted that they did not want to believe it, but they had a feeling that something about that bear was unusual. The next day, much to my sister's dismay, we decided to donate the bear to a pawn shop. My sister cried for the whole day and refused to talk to neither my parents nor myself as she felt we were ganging up on her. However, my parents promised to get her a new toy, one that wasn't so creepy. About a month after that, everything had returned to normal until one day my sister came back from school with a golden necklace that had a small pendant of a bear. When asked, she said she found it on the doorstep outside our house. My parents had tried to take it off, believing she had stolen it. But every time we took it off, she fell gravely ill. But once we put it back on, she immediately felt better. It was almost like her soul was attached to this eerie necklace. My parents eventually allowed her to keep it, as long as it wasn't causing her any harm. To this day, my sister still wears that necklace all the time. And it makes me wonder that although we hadn't gotten rid of the bear, whatever was inside it may still linger in our home. Because engraved at the bottom of that necklace were the words, forever. Were you ever frightened of a toy as a child? What would you have done if you'd seen your teddy bear moving? Let us know if you've ever had a scary experience with one of your own stuffed animals. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly 
which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Superstition can be very powerful. Sometimes the faith and trust we put in an object can be a matter of life or death as in this story written by Janine Pipe and inspired by Pat. Lydia looked at the doll. She felt a flutter of nostalgia, as always when she came across one of the small porcelain toys that her mom had collected and filled her childhood home with. But for the first time, she didn't also feel the icy fear in the pit of her belly. The thing about her mom's doll collection that had always scared her the most were the eyes. The horribly lifelike glass eyes which seemed to follow her everywhere and stare into her soul. That had been what caused her childhood nightmares. But this doll, well, it had no eyes, just two black empty sockets. It should have made the toy even creepier and was no doubt the reason why, although it was an antique store, she had been marked down and put into the equivalent of a Walmart bargain bin. But to Lydia, she was unique and just needed a home. In fact, she would have been the perfect companion for her long drive home across the state. And she was. In truth, Lydia hated driving long distances on the freeway and only did so when absolutely necessary, like for work. She always suffered from anxiety before a journey. But with her new friend, that long, usually panic attack-inducing drive was not only bearable, but Lydia almost went as far to enjoy it. Since her nerves had calmed, she was able to listen to music and podcasts and was home before she knew it. She told her wife Maggie all about the doll whom she had named Sauce. Maggie recoiled when she saw the ugly toy, but having spent years comforting Lydia whenever she got behind the wheel, if Sauce was going to be the talisman of hope, then she didn't care how freaky that eyeless thing was. And for months, Sauce became the talisman for Lydia, traveling with her whenever she took the car, not just for the long work trips either, Lydia would pop the doll in the passenger seat if she went to the mall, the gym, or even to visit with friends. And the whole time, she didn't even feel a tremor of anxiety about being in the car or on the road. Maggie wasn't as superstitious as her wife, Lydia. She didn't believe the doll was doing anything other than making Lydia believe in herself, a self-fulfilling prophecy of not wanting to be debilitated by anxiety until the day there was an emergency. 
Lydia was home when she got a call from her sister, Tolly. Their mom had been taken ill, rushed to the hospital with a possible heart attack. Lydia was very close to her mom and Tolly could hear the worry in her voice. Hurry, whispered Lydia. Perhaps it was that warning, hurry. Perhaps it was simply the unbridled worry for their mom. Whatever the reason, Lydia did indeed grab her keys and phone and hurried straight out of the house and into her car. She didn't have time to acknowledge the fear gripping her heart as she tore off towards the hospital. The anxiety ensuring she got there overriding the apprehension of driving. Driving without her lucky talisman, who she'd left on the coffee table in her rush. No one would ever know the real reason Lydia ended up in the pileup on the freeway. Whether she was distracted by the worry about her mom, whether she suddenly panicked, realizing she was driving in a rush hour without sauce. Whatever the reason, she didn't see the truck pull out in front of her. The only saving grace was Lydia was the only fatality. Weeks later, Maddie was finally feeling brave enough to drive past the place of the accident and place some flowers at the side of the freeway. Lydia had been well-loved and there were lots of tributes left for her. But suddenly, amongst the cards and candles, she saw a doll. A doll she hadn't even thought about since Lydia's death. It was Sauce, staring directly at Maggie as if to say, you should have believed in me. Have you ever had a talisman? Are you or your family superstitious about travel? What do you do to ward off evil? When we worry more about earthly possessions than our fellow humans, only death and destruction will follow. Like in this story, inspired by Urban. Thank you to our patrons, Samuel and Ariana, whose names we use in this story. There once was a very wealthy family who lived in a beautiful home in the suburbs of New York. The Williams family consisted of the father, a hardworking businessman, the mother, a socialite who spent her days with her friends, and their two children, Samuel and Ariana. The children were regularly cared for by their au pair, while their mother and father would be out of town for days at a time. The children were always vying for their parents' attention. Ariana by trying to be as perfect as possible, and Samuel by acting out. One year, their father arrived home just in time for Christmas. We missed you, father, Ariana said, giving her father a big hug. Samuel, on the other hand, just stood by rather impatiently, wanting to know what their father had brought them from his trip. Their father smiled at his children as he set up his suitcase on the floor. I have something special for both of you, he said, opening his luggage. He reached in and pulled out a shiny brick red fire truck. Samuel excitedly grabbed the toy from his father's hands and right away started playing with it. And for my precious daughter, 
he pulled out a single golden gilded rose. Ariana gasped and happily took the flower from her father with a big smile and a thank you. Off to the side, Samuel looked to his truck and back to his sister's rose. Suddenly, the truck didn't seem as cool or expensive. Sometime later, they were back to their old routines, barely supervised while their parents were away. Samuel found his sister in the music room playing the piano with her gilded rose by her side. Dropping his fire truck, he stormed over to Ariana and held out his hand. I want to play with the rose. Give it to me, he demanded. No, Anna said, clutching the rose to her. Samuel snatched his truck and stormed off in a huff. The next day, he went to his sister in the music room again, and this time offered to let her play with his amazing truck while he played with her swallow old rose. She refused point blank. Once again, Samuel skulked away, sulking. The next day, Samuel barged into the music room. Sister, give me your golden rose. I want to play with it. Ariana shook her head and held the rose close to her. No, brother, I am still playing with my rose. You have your fire truck. Samuel got so angry, he pushed his sister hard. Her head hit the corner of the piano and she fell to the ground. Samuel stood there waiting for his sister to move as blood pulled around her head. But fear and dread set in quickly as he realized she was never going to get back up. Scared he would get into trouble, he dragged his sister's body up and shoved her into the body of the grand piano and closed the heavy top. Before he left the room, he saw the rose on the floor and with a smile, picked it up and shut the door. Soon, the nanny came to gather the children for dinner. She asked Samuel where Ariana was. He told the nanny that Ariana said she was going outside to play. Not long after, the nanny came back racing inside to call their parents. Search parties were called, but no one could seem to find Ariana. It was as if she had completely vanished. So devastated over their loss, his parents sealed off the music room so as not to be reminded of Ariana and her beautiful piano playing. It was to be her shrine. Days turned into weeks and then months. The parents were distraught about losing Ariana, but clung to Samuel as their remaining child. They started to spend more time at home with him. He never spoke a word about what happened that day when Ariana died. All seemed to be going well for Samuel. His parents were giving him the attention and all the stuff he wanted, from endless food treats to all the toys he could wish for. One day, his parents were out for lunch, leaving Samuel home alone with just the staff for a short time. Samuel was in his room playing with his fire truck and now had the gold rose sticking out of the top of it. Suddenly, he heard a melody from the piano floating in the air. Then he heard the words, Brother, brother, where are you? The voice was sweet as if it was mixed in with the notes of the piano. It sounded like his sister's voice, 
he snatched up the rose and held it close as he started to head for the stairs. Then it came again as he descended the wood steps. Brother, brother, where are you? Samuel clung the rose to his chest as he reached the bottom of the stairs. Heading right to the music room, he pushed open the doors to the room and pulled down the plastic wrap that sealed it off. He was slammed with a putrid smell, the stench of a decaying body. While gagging, he looked around. He could not see Ariana anywhere. Sister, where are you? Suddenly, the voice spoke again. Brother. Brother, here I am. Suddenly, the ghoulish form of Samuel's sister leapt from the body of the grand piano, grabbed her brother, and dragged him in with her wrapping the wires around his neck, leaving the gold rose laying there on the floor alone. Have you ever wanted something so bad you did something terrible to get it? Was it worth it in the end? You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we get to our story, I just wanted to say that we would love to have you on Patreon. We are primarily advertising dependent, but we would all like to be able to do fewer ads, and you can help make that possible by becoming a patron. Visit patreon.com snarled. In our final story, join my co-host Stephanie as she tells the tale of a Japanese urban legend and now animated over on our YouTube channel. The Meninji Temple in Japan now houses the haunted doll Okiku. This story is inspired by the legend of the creepy doll. In the early 1900s, the seaside town of Japan was a well-known hub for world travelers. Visitors could find all types of strange and unusual goods in the marketplace. And that is where this particular nightmare began. 17-year-old Ekechi Suzuki was determined to find the perfect Christmas present for his baby sister. Just minutes before his boat was to take him to Hiroshima, he saw it. The most beautiful porcelain doll he ever laid eyes on. In a glass case, standing 20 inches tall, she had shoulder-length hair that was done up in a traditional Okapa style. Her piercing black eyes drew him in. With seconds to spare, 
The exchange was made and the proud big brother was on his way home with the perfect present. On Christmas Day, Ekechi presented the gift to his two-year-old sister, Okiku. She was immediately infatuated. It wasn't long before Okiku dismissed all other toys in favor of her doll. She even named the doll Okiku after herself. When her brother asked her why she gave the doll her own name, she replied, Because I am her, and she is me. The two Okikus began to look alike. Their hairstyles and outfits often matched. People would find Okiku speaking to the doll as if the doll was speaking right back to her. But as Okiku got older, her interest began to change. She began to forget her doll. Not all the time, but just often enough that strange things began to happen. There was this one time Okiku went to a friend's house and left her doll at home. When she returned to her house, her bedroom had been ransacked. Another time, Okiku forgot to bring her doll to a sleepover. When she fell asleep, Okiku had terrible nightmares that a doll was following her with a torch. The next morning, Okiku returned home to find a small fire had occurred in her bedroom. Okiku stayed clear of the doll. It wasn't long after that that Okiku became sick, contracting what appeared to be yellow fever, a debilitating disease that infected so many people at that time. Luckily, Okiku's doll was right by her side. Being bedbound due to the illness, the two became inseparable again. The house staff couldn't even take the doll out of Okiku's hands to change the bedding. The child and the doll were constantly attached to one another. Whispers began swirling among the household that its black eyes were turning the same emerald green as Okiku's. Its cheeks were flushed like a human's and one of the servants swore the doll had blinked, but Okiku just held on tighter as each day passed. Then one morning, Ikichi stopped by his sister's room. He opened the door to find her in her bed, eyes wide open and eyes black. Her body was ice cold. He tried to resuscitate her, but it was no use. What stood out was how tightly her doll was holding on to her. It made him feel uneasy, but grateful Okiku didn't die alone. The family was determined to bury the doll with Okiku, but circumstances and governmental oversight prevented this last act of kindness. They needed to find another place for it. The doll sat on the family's altar so they could pay tribute to her. Weeks went by and they noticed the doll's hair looked like it was growing. Eventually, the doll's hair reached its waist. Then other strange things began to happen. The lights would flicker, doors slammed, and the doll would randomly move about the house without anyone's aid. At first, this gave them comfort. They believed it was Okiku paying a spiritual visit. But then everyone began having nightmares. The morning after another sleepless night, Okiku's mom took a tumble down the stairs. She survived, but swore she had been pushed by the doll. Now, if she actually was, or if she just blamed the doll for her lack of sleep, it no longer mattered. Either way, the doll needed to go. Ikachi tried to burn the doll at his mother's request, but its resemblance to his sister was too strong. 
he couldn't harm her. Instead, he went to the shamans. They agreed to take the doll and observe it. There was no denying her hair grew and grew. After trimming it, they sent a lock of the doll's hair to be tested. The results were shocking. The doll was growing human hair. But when Ekechi returned to the shaman, Okiku had vanished. A year later, the seaside town of Sapporo had not seemed to change much. It was still packed with people collecting souvenirs and trinkets, hoping to take a little piece of Japan on their journey. And tucked away in the back of a shop, inside a glass case, stood a beautiful doll. 20 inches tall, with raven black hair. The bell to the door rang, and in walked a father with his young daughter. It only took a moment before her eyes met with the doll, and an exchange was made. Soon, the child was traveling back home with a new companion. She swore the doll had smiled. Her father was pleased because his usually reserved daughter had a new playmate. This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz, Janine Pipe, and Stephanie Strange. Narration by Blair Bathory and Stephanie Strange. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Irma Richardson. Produced by Anna Villalobos. Executive produced by Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sindalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my spooky friends, sweet screams. <laughs>
I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.